The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, February, I don't know, someday, February 15th. That's right, because Valentine's Day was Sunday, and it is, that means it is the first of many, 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 many Mock Draft Mondays. Joining me to break it down, we are live on YouTube and Twitch, by the way. If you want to spend your Sunday afternoon watching with us, you can do that moving forward. Probably be sometime... Um, in the three, four range or, or what have you. And, uh, but joining me to, uh, to break down his mock draft version, something or another. What, what number of mock draft is this? For, for this is mock draft Monday 1.0. What actual mock draft of 2021 is this for you, Ryan Wilson? Well, the 2020 season starting with college football, I start in September. This is version 24. Okay. That's a lot of mock drafts. Yeah, typically I get into the mid thirties, so I can sort of gauge how far along in the mock draft pre pre draft process we are. So we're uh more than two thirds of the way, about two thirds of the way through. Well, that's good. Uh, that reminds me, Kevin, I forgot to text back our uh one of our editors, Kevin Steinwell, texted me, <laughs> asked me if I wanted to do mock drafts, and I read it, and I was like, "Do I want to do these?" And then I was like, "Yeah," and then a squirrel ran by my window, and I forgot to say, I forgot to "You are the squirrel from Up." I mean, you're the dog from up, not the squirrel. Look out the window. There's a bee. Yeah. That's you. Um, on today's episode, we will do again, first mock draft Monday. We will focus on Trevor Lawrence and the quarterbacks in this draft. Next week, we'll take a look at uh, opt outs and coming up this week, off season priorities for each division starting on Tuesday. Also starting on Tuesday, the champions or is it on Monday? Starts on Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday. That's what I thought. The Champions League is back. And if you're a soccer fan, you should be listening to Que Golazo, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. They have all the content you need for two Champions League knockout stages. Join the team, or for the Champions League knockout stage, excuse me. Join the team for two episodes a day, including two episodes a day, a double daily podcast, including daily previews and recaps of all the Champions League and Europa action. You can find Que Golazo on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you download to this, you listen to this podcast. Don't wait to download or subscribe. Que Golazo is your ultimate audio destination for soccer and Champions League coverage. By the way, before we get going on this. It is Que Golazo, right? Not Que Golazo, right? No, Que Golazo. And Galazzo okay. means spectacular goal. So what a goal. But uh before we get going and, here. By the way, I should also mention, before you proceed out of the realm of soccer coverage. I was going to continue with soccer coverage. For the oh, guys. go ahead. Debo, I don't know if you saw the comment on on the latest iTunes review about Brinson interrupted everyone. And at the end, it said, thankfully, Brinson, uh, Wilson and Breach keep Brinson in line. Uh, to be clear, no one keeps Brinson in line when he's interrupting. But to keep the soccer commentary going for one second further, when we did the Pick 6 podcast during Super Bowl week, I think that Friday, that Thursday or Friday, one of my crazy cross-sports bets was that Mo Salah, the, the forward for, uh, forward slash winger for Liverpool, would score fewer goals than there would be turnovers in the Super Bowl. I crushed it. 
There was only yeah, Salah didn't score, right? Liverpool lost, I think. He had one goal in that okay. game, but they were at least oh, two there were turnovers. multiple turnovers, right? Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So um, um, I made a, I made a million dollars on that. Yeah. Uh, so Trevor Lawrence, this is the Trevor Lawrence draft, and I don't think at some point, Ryan, between now and the actual draft, there's going to be someone who writes a story or someone who tweets out um, a take in which they suggest that a quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, it's like, should they go first overall? And that's okay because you need to sort of think through all the processes. You need to examine everybody. Like People make mistakes in drafts. But the answer is no. In fact, the answer is hell no. No one should go in front of freaking Trevor Lawrence, right? Well, number one, it's not okay to think that. And number two, I'll take it a step further and – um, I wonder if Debo, cause he's so good at this, if he has the tape rated role, but back during, uh, Super Bowl week to reference Super Bowl week yet, yet again, Joe Theismann told CBS Sports HQ that Zach Wilson should be drafted ahead of Trevor Lawrence. So, hmm. he's wrong, but uh, he can certainly have that opinion. And, you know, he's an NFL quarterback who had a ton of success. I'm pretty sure he won a Super Bowl. So at least went to a few. I get it, but I don't think anywhere on planet Earth are you taking six and one and change Zach Wilson. Who had a great season at BYU over six six grown man Trevor Lawrence, who in three years did basically everything a person could do in college and, and did it at such a high level that there's no real doubt that he's gonna be the first overall pick. Um I agree completely. By the way, uh pointing out that Bodine Harris says listening on my way to work on a beautiful Monday morning in Sydney, Australia. We wow. love our international listeners. I should point out that currently I am cheering extremely hard. This is how big a DJ I am, right? Oh, Jason Day. So I have Cameron Davis. We're watching, I'm watching golf as usual on a Sunday. Cameron Davis. I bet him to be the top Australian in the AT&T Pro-Am. I also have him as a top 10 option. He is currently one stroke back of Jason, two strokes back of Jason Day, excuse me, in a dogfight for top Australian. So uh, go Australia. Woo. Uh, anyway, moving along. Trevor Lawrence. So. I think that Trevor Lawrence is, and I don't know where he slots in this, but I think, so there have been three prior to this draft, basically since the merger in 1972, there have been three absolute slam dunk, can't miss, you have to take this person number one or else you deserve to be fired and maybe stuffed into a spaceship and shot into the moon uh, prospects. Those are John Elway, and then <laughs> you know, he had the whole trade situation, obviously. Peyton Manning. And Andrew Luck. And I think the fourth guy on that list is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, there's no other person. I don't know who else you would even be in the conversation to take number one overall. And I, I said this Friday. So Friday, Trevor Lawrence had his pro day, and he had it uh, early, in part because there's not going to be a combine in the traditional sense, also because he's set to have shoulder surgery on his non-throwing shoulder, um, which, again, no one cares about. I said he could have come out of his pro day last Friday and thrown every pass underhanded straight out of bounds. And he's still going first overall. It, like There's nothing he could have done. The only, the most shocking thing to come out of that pro day is that he weighed 213 pounds as someone who's six, six and five eights, I think is what he ended up being. So he didn't look that light. He didn't look to be 213, but um, every measurable hands, arm length uh, with all that were uh wingspan were about Almost exactly the same with Justin Herbert, except weight. Justin Herbert weighed 227 at the combine last year, so he was 14 pounds lighter than Justin Herbert. So I think he'll gain that weight back in the coming months, and he'll be fine once he uh, recovers from that shoulder surgery, and he's expected to be ready to go once the season starts. But, I mean, I don't even know who who a close number two would be. 
Panay Sewell perhaps. I mean, Zach Wilson maybe, but we're talking one and then way down at 1.999 in terms of who the number two overall pick is going to be. Um, yeah, I, uh, I agree. It's not, it's not like you can't, you don't mess around with this. You take Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is the best player in, in college football. He has been, you know, he was the best player. He just wasn't eligible to leave after last year. Right. And if he had come out, he would have been the, the, the top pick. Uh, he didn't have a bad year by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously Clemson didn't win a national title. Um, but, he had a really good year. He also had COVID and he set out for a game or two games, whatever that was, including the Notre Dame game, which they lost when DJ Ua Ungalale started and actually didn't play terribly, but Notre Dame actually played well in that game. Um, he didn't ball out against Ohio State. You could argue that Justin Fields actually played better. But I mean, I say it all the time. You look for, and I had a scout tell me this once. It's like there doesn't have to be something wrong with the player. You don't have to find something wrong. I mean, Tom Brady threw three interceptions in the division, in the championship game. Uh, yeah. Turns out he's still pretty good. So, well, you, you, and like Justin Fields was better. I agree. Justin Fields was better than Trevor Lawrence in that Ohio State Clemson game, but that's the only game that Justin Fields has ever played better than Trevor Lawrence. He picked a very good time to have a better game than Trevor Lawrence. Well, I mean, Justin Fields had a really good season. He had a couple games this in 2020 where you're like, oh boy, what's going on here? But at, at one point, he had more touchdowns than incompletions. So he, he was, he played at a pretty high level. They were smoking teams that were, Undermanned. And if you go back to sophomore year for Trevor Lawrence, the first half of that season, he struggled. I was actually at the Syracuse game, which I think was a season opener for both. And he, he threw some terrible yeah. picks in that game. He wasn't great last year until Carolina gave him that scare. And then once they had that overtime win against Carolina and snuck out of Chapel Hill, all of a sudden he just turned it on. He played fantastic down the stretch and then, you know, got. Yeah, got smacked around by LSU against Ohio State too this year. You know, he didn't play very well, but I, I think a lot of that, you know, he lost his offensive coordinator. Um, Tony, uh, Tony Elliott was out of the game with, for, I think for COVID protocols and Clemson didn't do a very good job calling plays in that game. So I mean, I think that matters. Um, Lawrence also, you know, if you want to point to red flags, he's uh, going to have a, uh, apparently have labrum surgery on his left shoulder. He's right-handed. So it's not as huge a deal. Uh, Dr. Uh, noted surgeon, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL media, Dr. Neil L. Atatre of Carolyn Joby in LA will perform the, sur- the procedure. A five to six month recovery is expected. He should be fine by training camp. Any uh, concerns with you over that? The only concern is that I, re- I said that five minutes ago and you're watching golf. That's yeah, I was watching golf. No, it's fine. He'll be fine. Like I said, and you didn't hear this part either. He could throw the ball underhand out of bounds on every single snap that he had for his pro day, and he's going first overall. I mean, um, Urban Meyer was there. He was – the funny thing is there were like 20 teams there. Unless you're there watching the wide receivers that he's throwing to, you're just wasting airfare because it doesn't make any sense to go there. Urban Meyer is taking him. He spent the most most of that pro day talking to, to Dabo, and, um, you know, I'm sure at some point he, he got the talk – to uh, Trevor as well. That's it's a done deal. So, right, well, what do you? So what? What do you? Is there any? What specifically do you like about him? What do you not like about him? Just I mean, like you know, what? What elevates him into that? So here's the thing: there's, like, there's no real comp. You mentioned John Elway and Peyton Manning and, and Andrew Luck. None of those guys look like Trevor Lawrence or play like Trevor Lawrence. Maybe John Elway in terms of his athleticism. Maybe Andrew Luck to some degree as well. But uh, Trevor didn't run at his pro day. But the scuttlebutt is that he's like in that four mid four sixes, which is which is fast moving. And if you remember that uh, Ohio State game in the playoffs last year after the 2019 mm. season, he outran everyone to the end zone. So he can move. And in a lot of ways, this is what I've been saying since probably early October, once um, 
Justin Harper got finished dunking on me for, for not thinking he's going to be very good. <laughs> like the best comp for Trevor Lawrence is Justin Herbert 2020. If that's how Trevor Lawrence plays, they're just, like I said, they're the same size physically, their measurements. They probably both run the same in, in the more, in the mid four. Both had long hair coming out of college. Both had the long hair out of college. Hopefully he doesn't get that, as I call it, the, the haircut you get right before you go to summer camp. Like I don't know. I don't know what tennis ball Herbert was thinking about with that thing. It's an awful look for Herbert. Oh my gosh. And he had such blowing locks. And you remember that picture from the senior bowl where I was like gazing into his, his eyes when we were talking. He's a, he's clearly three feet taller than me too, which also was demoralizing. But, um, if Trevor Lawrence plays anything close to Justin Herbert in 2020, Justin Herbert's rookie season for the Chargers, that is an absolute slam dunk home run. Um, whatever else you, whatever, whatever else the home runs called in cricket. It's that it's a galazzo. <laughs> because that's a you know slam dunk home run when you use those as sort of analogies and metaphors. It's a, it's a K Galazzo, is what you're saying? It's a K Galazzo. But yeah, that's that's the type of player he that's the type of potential he has, and that's the sort of similar type player that he is. I know that Daniel Jeremiah called him Deshaun Watson and Justin Herbert's body. Mm. But he can just be Justin Herbert. <laughs> and if he's Justin Herbert, that's really, really, really good for the Jaguars. Um, that's an interesting comp with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but in a sense, that's sort of cheating. He's Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson's body and just, I get it. I, I mean, yeah, he's, but he has that type of athleticism. He moves around that well, but Justin Herbert does too. So I, I don't know if it's, it's adding something clearly, but I don't know how much it's adding. But anyway, my comp since October has been Justin Herbert 2020. I'm sticking with that. Oh. Okay, Justin Herbert twenty. And oh, so in other words, like you don't want to comp into Justin Herbert because you didn't like Justin Herbert coming out. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I said, you know, I owe Justin Herbert an apology every time I talk. Oh, to for him. sure. Me too. Yeah, we're dead wrong about him. Um, but the worst, the worst like, part of that is that Pete was right. It, it really is by far and away the worst part of that. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't really know what flaws there are in Trevor Lawrence's game, honestly. Like, is there stuff? Is there something you don't like about him? Uh, he doesn't throw a lot of anticipation sometimes, but some of that, that could be a function of the offense. Who cares? Yeah. Um, sometimes, uh, they, they ran a lot. Also, they ran a lot of those RPOs and he took a lot of big hits. You don't want your quarterback doing that. And we saw Justin Herbert take a lot of huge hits last year for the Chargers. And that's a function, you know, those same things we talked about with RG3 going back to 2012 that sort of, uh, shortened his career. We saw Russ Wilson never do that. Obviously, Justin Herbert and, and Trevor Lawrence are much bigger players and they can absorb those hits, but you don't want them taking those sorts of hits. Um, but, you know, it, there isn't a lot. Is he going to struggle next year? Yeah, probably. But it, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's the pick you have to make. There is no, I mean, there is no other pick you make that, that you can justify to a fan base that is desperate for a quarterback when you have that quarterback staring you in the face. Yeah. I mean, for the Jaguars, it's a no brainer. I mean, like that's, it's just the pick and there's nothing. I just, I can't, I look at Trevor Lawrence's game. I'm sure I'll, you know, we would dive in a little bit deeper over the course of the, but I like just watching him, you know, I mean, he doesn't always have perfect games, but he, he just doesn't have a whole lot of flaws, and I, it's a no-brainer. You take him number one. Oh, any other draft storylines you think we'll be talking about for the next couple of months? Well, this is sort of when um, media folks start getting into the draft because Super Bowl's over, and you'll yeah. start looking at the quarterbacks. So there are going to be five quarterbacks that go in the first round, and my number two quarterback, and people are going to think I'm insane. Um, actually, my number two quarterback is Zach Wilson, so that's not insane. But my number three quarterback is Mac Mac Jones. Like I love Mac Jones. And I know he looks like a dad driving his kids to soccer practice with that dad bod pot belly he had on that photograph mm-hmm. or whenever that came. You from. know, I love it. Yeah. I mean, he's Will Brinson, but taller. 
Um, he's he's Will Brinson and Hunter Renfro. <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if they had a kid, it'd be Mac Jones. But Mac, number one, here's the thing. I've talked to people close to Alabama program, and they they agree that Mac Jones was a better quarterback at Alabama than Tua. And also, the when people say, "Well, Mac Jones was thrown to a bunch of first round draft picks." So was Tua. We didn't hear anyone talk about that last year. We talked about what a great athlete he was. He's overcoming the hip injury and all that. Tua looked terrible as a rookie. Now, he can obviously get better, and and I'm fine if the Dolphins want to stick with him and all that. I, I, I don't have any issue with that, and he's a great kid. But Mac Jones is a is a better football player. He's a better deep ball thrower. I think he's, like, number two. For me, he's the number two quarterback in terms of being NFL ready. If he has to play in 2021, Trevor Lawrence is number one, and Mac Jones is number two. He gets rid of the ball quickly. I mean, Tua took a lot of sacks because he didn't know what to do with the ball after his first read was, wasn't there. Mac Jones doesn't didn't suffer from that a lot. Um, and you can say again, well, he has the offensive line. All those guys are getting drafted, and, and all the first round picks a wide receiver. Joe Burrow took a ton of sacks behind an offensive mm. line that had four or five guys sacked uh, drafted. Excuse me. And they, he, look, there's no doubt in my mind he was the first overall pick, and he was a great pick for the Bengals. He's going to be really a player, and he also is a better athlete than Mac Jones. So he was trying to create things, but it was. A lot of times off platform, he would end up giving up sacks. And, and that's just the reality of it. Now, Mac Jones isn't going to scramble for a lot of yards. He's like a traditional pocket passer, but you can still win with guys like that. Uh, the Buccaneers, I think, just won the Super Bowl with a guy like that. So well, uh, settle down, Jim McCarron. You're calling Mac Jones Tom Brady? No, I'm just saying you can win with a pocket passer. You know, AJ McCarron came out of Alabama and said, I'm like, I'm like Tom Brady. I'm I'm not respected. I'm gonna get drafted late. I'm gonna win championships. He's like Tom Brady in that he gets drunk on a boat in the middle of the afternoon. That, <laughs> that's how he's like Tom Brady. <laughs> but uh I mean but I mean Philip Rivers. So you have all right, so you have Lawrence, huge gap, Zach Wilson, small gap, Mac Jones. Yeah, like Mac like Zach Wilson played out of his mind in twenty twenty. And that came after sort of a suspect twenty nineteen where he didn't look good. Some of that was injury related. Um, but he worked hard. Like there are questions. You see these questions on the media and I haven't, I got to follow up and find, find out what NFL teams are thinking about this, but questions about his leadership and him being a rich kid and all this other stuff. And, um, there was Zach Wilson or Mac Jones? Zach Wilson. And there was a Todd McShay talked about this, maybe on a radio show. I saw a tweet about it. I can't remember who sent the tweet, but that, uh, Mac jo- uh, Zach Wilson, excuse me, wasn't one of the, the four offensive captains named. He was like a, in the captain's council, something weird like that. And then, of course, oh, the, right. the, the social media police went to work and found a bunch of pictures of, of uh, Zach Wilson wearing a jersey with a big C on it. So they're like, unless you get a C for where, being on the council, I'm not sure. So it, it's one of these weird things that y- y- you have to sort of get to the bottom of it and find out. But his teammates all came out in support of him. His high school teammates came out in support of him once those stories start coming out. But on the field, he's he is awesome. He is like the best of Baker Mayfield and Johnny Manziel coming out of college. Now, once they got to the NFL, you can certainly have issues with that. But he's a better athlete than most of those players. He's more accurate than both those players. His arm is just as strong as Baker Mayfield's. He made a ton of great decisions. Uh, their only loss came to Coastal Carolina, which is a really good football team. That was late in the year. And that was a game they almost won at the last second play. So, yeah, I, I like Zach Wilson. The only issue is who's he played, and he's a, he's a tad undersized. But, again, Baker's small, Russ is small. Kyler Small, you, you can win with those guys. It's just a matter of whether you're okay with the Ooh. any of the you know the off field issue type conversation. Dmart says I like Mac Jones, but this is Haskins over Murray, twenty twenty one. Yeah, Dmart's been giving me the business in the comments too, so I'm glad he's roasting there something. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Dmart. Oh! Oh! 
Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Alaskan Curry from YouTube asked, whoa, field or points. Yes. It asked, whoa, fields ranked as the fourth QB. Now I thought he was a bona fide second for a, for a while now. What's up with that? Wilson, you bumped fields. Yeah. So Justin, this feels like Justin Herbert to 2021. No, here's the thing. Now Justin, Justin Fields is a really good player. There's no doubt about it. In fact, I was talking to someone in the league about him not too long ago. And he said, if he's, if you're looking at Justin Fields as like a sophomore, you are loving everything about his game. If you're looking at him as a senior, you have questions. And, and that's it. Like he can't. And the problem is you try to force these kids into the field as rookies. And Justin Herbert clearly threw that back in my face. But for the most part, it's not great to rush these guys out there. I was fine playing Joe Burrow right away. I thought Tua should have sat. And I think we all did because Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing so well. It didn't make sense to roll him out there. And, and I still don't think it made sense, but Justin Fields is a guy who has unlimited potential, but he, you know, against Indiana, which had a really good defense, he struggled. He threw some of the worst interceptions you've ever seen against Northwestern. Uh, he struggled and Northwestern's a, a very well coached team and they have a guy in the secondary who played a little bit. I think he got hurt first or second quarter, Greg Newsom, who's going to get drafted pretty high. Um, and he struggled in that game. He came back and, and played well against, against Clemson and for the most part, he had a really good, um, second year at Ohio State, but the expectation for me can't be to come in and immediately make him a starter. I, I think if he landed somewhere like uh, Carolina at number eight, that's a great place because Teddy can play for another year. Teddy, Teddy almost Teddy either has to get traded or will stick around just because of the cap situation. So that is, I agree with that. That's a good can sit and learn spot. And, and the mock draft that, that's out on Monday, um, I actually have him going eight to the Panthers. I have Mac Jones going four, which sounds insanely high. I'm sure people will be yelling, screaming about that, but that's okay to the Falcons because Matt Ryan's going to have to play his contract as such that he, it's like $49 million dead cap hit. He ain't going anywhere. But again, there's no reason to force any of these quarterbacks onto the field except for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I've always been surprised. And and somebody asked in in the YouTube chat, since the Steelers trade up for a quarterback like Trey Lance or Mac Jones, does a trade up from the 24 spot sound possible um, to sort of just, dovetail those two points together. Like I'm sort of surprised that, you know, these teams, you know, the Giants did it with Eli, but you know, the, the, and I guess the Chargers did it after Rivers left, but you know, it's, it, it does feel like to a small degree, these teams with these aging quarterbacks haven't really been aggressive in preparing for life after the aging quarterback and uh, New England, a prime example of, well, maybe you should have done that because they ended up missing the playoffs as a result. I, I would say on the Steelers and Brian, feel free to correct me, but I would be surprised. I would, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded up for a quarterback, I guess, but I don't know if they're going to, they just trading, giving up a bunch of future assets doesn't seem like a Pittsburgh thing to do with Big Ben almost certainly playing one more year. Yeah, I think he's going to play another year. I'm still holding out hope that they trade three first-round picks for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> now, if that doesn't happen, and I think in a previous mock draft, like I said, I've done 24 of these things. I have to go back and look. I've done one with trades. I think one of the trades I had the Steelers trade in from 24 to 10 to get Mac Jones. Um, because don't forget, they traded up a few years ago from 20 to 10 with the Broncos to get um, Devin Bush. Devin Bush. So, yeah. They, it's been their first trade in like 15 years. Right. It's been forever. They traded first, up. First-round trade, obviously. I think they either traded up or traded back for Troy Polamalu back in 03. I have to go back and look, but uh, it was up. It was up. Okay. And then the Chiefs ended up taking Larry Johnson, the running back. And at the time, you know, you took running backs all the time in the first round. So it was fine. But, um, I wouldn't hate the idea of the Steelers trading up from 24 to 11, 12 to get a quarterback, but 11 of the Giants, uh, I don't think they're drafting a quarterback, but 12 of the 49ers, they very well may. I mean, they very, if there's a quarterback there, uh, I would imagine that. Kyle Shanahan will be thinking long and hard about it. But there are a lot of teams, and, you know, we talked about this in the other non-draft podcasts. I mean, there could be 18 quarterbacks 
change in addresses. And most recently, we were hearing this Russell Wilson talk, which is bonkers. Uh, Demon Badger asked in the chat, where's, where's Brady? Uh, probably on a boat drunk. And by that, I mean Tom Brady or Brady Quinn. Hello! Um, I don't, I don't know where Brady is. Brady Quinn shows tomorrow. And I don't know that we're doing the Brady Quinn shows in the offseason. Oh, okay. Let's take that up with you. He and I have a feud going. So what are you going to do? Uh, let's take a break. Let people wonder about this feud with BQ and we'll be, uh, no, it'll be, a, it'll be a couple, it'll be a hot minute for Brady Quinn. It's a, it's a long story. It's not, it's not anything bad. Just the way that is the time that he spends on set works. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, more draft talk. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Demon Badger wants to know, Ryan, do you really think the Eagles will draft Fields? No, I don't. And again, that's a good question. And I get the, I get a lot of hate tweets throughout the week. This isn't a hate tweet, but just just to sort of fill you in. Again, I do one of these every week, so I mean, I could just release the same mock draft every week, and then people could yell at me about that. But I think the Eagles have made it pretty clear that if they move on from Carson Wentz, which the Pierce are going to do, they're going to roll with Jalen Hurts. So I, I think. But the curious thing for me is. That week 17 game where they just gave up, and I know Debo's fine with it, but they gave up to go from nine to six. And are you just moving up to six to get a wide receiver? So in Monday's mock draft, I have to give you a little sneak peek. I haven't taken Jamar Chase, who I love, and I think he would be awesome in Philadelphia or anywhere he lands, but he would be awesome in Philadelphia. You could pair him with Jalen Rager, and um, I don't know who else, to be honest with you. Um, Debo's guy, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I'm sure he's, he's set to have a big year in year three. It's only a matter of time. But it sounds like they're moving on from uh, Zach Ertz, which isn't a surprise. I think Dallas Goddard's entering the, entering the final year of his deal. So maybe you think about a, a tight end there, too. And I say that only because of Kyle Pitts out of Florida, who is more Darren Waller than traditional tight end. He's a he's awesome. You can play him anywhere. But I think at the end of the day, the, the Bengals, excuse me, the Eagles will not take a quarterback. I'm guessing they they moved up from six to from nine to six to, to get a wide receiver. But we'll see. Um, Wait, they moved up from nine to six to get a wide What? what? Uh, I said while you were checking your golf scores. Remember in week seventeen where they just gave up in that game? Oh, uh, uh, move the move up. The the I got you. Sorry, I 
I, I was like, did I, did they, was there a draft trade or did you make the trade? No. Uh, yeah. So they're at six. In fact, you have them passing on Justin Fields who falls to wait. Yeah, oh, the, oh, and you're not, okay. The one that's not on the site yet. The one that gotta love autoplay videos. CBS has plenty of them. Um, in your mock that is out now, which people will be able to see. You can't see if you're in the live chat, but you will be able to see it if you're listening to this podcast. You have the Eagles passing on him and the Panthers taking Justin Fields, which, as you mentioned, is a very good landing spot. Uh, what do you think? I mean, are you going to just pencil the Panthers in for a quarterback here? Yeah, usually I have them taking Mac Jones if he falls that far because Matt Rule was the coach of that team at the Senior Bowl. They saw him up close and personal. So only two teams got to see all these players at the Senior Bowl because every other team, right. uh, there, there were no sort of traditional interviews. I think they had him through glass or something. But in terms of being on the field and working with him and all that, uh, I, I love the idea of the Panthers getting a quarterback. I, I think they're – Matt Rule sort of hinted at it. He, he said they have to get better at quarterback in, in not so many words. So, I mean, they could certainly take a, a cornerback there, um, an offensive lineman. But if there's a quarterback you love and they're going to be five that go in the first round, you know, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think – People are like, oh, maybe Devonta Smith will fall. Yeah, he could. Well, yeah. You really want Devonta? I mean, look, Devonta Smith's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I, well, I guess Curtis Samuel's a free agent, and you got to figure out what you want to do with DJ Moore. Maybe they want to reboot the. You know, you got Robbie Anderson. Maybe you want to reboot the wide receiver room. I don't think I'd be shocked if they took a wide receiver. I wouldn't be shocked on, on any. Um, <laughs> Ryan Wilson, unironically, came up with the worst mock draft I have ever seen. Oh yeah, I get that once a week. Why is that unironic? I don't really get that. No, people, um, think, people think they're funny when they say that, but they say it every week, so you're like, okay, I get it. Why is he a guest on here? <laughs> um, you don't have to read the mean ones. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand how you land on this on this uh, on the Pick Six podcast. You're like, what is Wilson doing here? Uh, Micah Eisen says, no way in hell Smith falls that far. I tend to, I guess, agree. But like, here's I don't, the, here's I don't the thing, though. Is, I don't think Smith could be the third wide receiver taken. Here's the thing, and it, we'll see how it shakes out. And, and these wide receivers are so good. Devonta Smith weighs 170 pounds, maybe, and he's six one. Um, I, I had a scout tell me that he wishes he hadn't worn such baggy sweat or had worn baggy sweatpants at the Senior Bowl because he looked sickly. Like that's how skinny he is, and he refused to be weighed, which is kind of weird, but whatever. You know what he is. Yeah. Um. So the question is, historically, how many how many wide receivers that weigh 170 pounds have had a lot of success in the NFL that have been over six feet. And there are not a lot of them. So that's the concern. But you look at his history at Alabama, he was extremely durable. I think he missed a couple games a few years ago with like a thigh injury. So that's just soft tissue. It's nothing to do with, with, uh, you know, brittle bones. But the thing is, and I would take him top 10. I would take Jamar Chase top 10 and I would be like, you could talk me into Jalen Waddle like top 12. You look at the drafts historically, like the last few years, these wide receivers who we all love get pushed down. Last year, we loved C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy, and they ended up going third behind um, Henry Ruggs, and Henry Ruggs didn't go to the middle of the first round. I'm, I'm chuckling because Steve Farmer says, I lost $50 last draft betting on Ryan Wilson being right on Herbert falling out of the top ten. <laughs> Venmo him! Venmo request him! Oh, uh, just kidding. Yeah, my three wide I have, I think I have Waddle ahead of Smith. And, I mean, that's not a knock on Smith. They're both awesome. I just think Waddle is, Waddle might be faster. He, he's a lot faster. He says right? he's going to run faster. He was insulted. That, I mean, so if he's faster and he's bigger and stronger, he's, not, big, he's, he's, he's not bigger or stronger, but he is faster. He's, he's, he's not bigger five, or stronger. He's five ten. Jalen's. I thought he was taller. He looks. He actually looks taller, but he's five ten. Devontae's six one ish. 
Um, Adonis taller? Is this like an AJ Brown, DK Metcalf situation where I just can't figure out who's bigger? Uh, either way, I'll, I'll take Waddle over. I'll take Waddle over Smith and Chase. Um, I think Chase might be the number one guy. And then I think you could argue like if you want to combine wide receivers and tight ends, I mean like Kyle Pitts is in that mix too. So, um, I don't know. Uh, with the Panthers taking fields at eight, obviously that creates a, uh, you know, going to force people to, to start to think about what other quarterbacks might go. You got Trey Lance going to the Washington football team at 19. What uh, what should people like about Carson Wentz Jr. aka Trey Lance? Yeah, that's the worst thing going for me with North Dakota State. But he he yeah. isn't he's actually more athletic than Carson Wentz, and that's no slight on Carson's athleticism. He was pretty athletic coming out, and he still is. The issue with Trey Lance, he didn't play. He played in one short sort of showcase game in 2019 because 2020 because their season got canceled, and he didn't play great in it. But what, he talked to his scouts and like, yeah, we don't care because it was one sort of weird game against Central Arkansas. But the year before that, he had like 28 touchdowns and no interceptions, which gets your attention. Uh, but you watch him play, and, and I watched a lot of his games from the 2019 season. It's a run-heavy offense in North Dakota State. He isn't asked to do a whole bunch. But, again, the athleticism jumps out at you. The arm strength is crazy. Uh, he's a really good runner. He's extremely athletic. Probably the most athletic uh, quarterback at the top of this draft class. And it's just a matter of scratching the surface on what he can do. So do you feel comfortable taking a guy top 10 who hasn't played a lot and hasn't played in the last year, especially in a level of competition has been decidedly less than what most of these players have seen day in and day out. Yeah. There'll be a conversation about taking him in the top 10, but in this latest mock draft, uh, I just had him falling to, to football team only because the teams in between um, the 49ers and football team don't really need a quarterback. You could argue the Patriots would, but would the Patriots take Trey Lance knowing that they would have to wait a year or two for him to develop um, the 49ers could do it, but in this mock draft, and I've had him taking Trey Lance before. I had him taking a cornerback. But, yeah, Trey Lance is, is really intriguing. His coaches at North Dakota State love him because he's incredibly smart and, and took on as much or more than, than what these big five quarterbacks had to take on in terms of learning the playbook and knowing what defenses are doing and all those sorts of things. There's no concerns there. It's just a matter of the level of competition and the recency in terms of when, when he's last played. Do you think – is he definitely um... – so have they put props out for the draft yet? Like number of quarterbacks? That I don't know, but he's definitely going to the first round. So you think be, definitely first round for him? I would be shocked if he didn't go in the first round. All right. So that means we've got him, Lawrence, Fields is definitely going in the first round, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, okay. a lot of people like Zach him. Wilson's definitely going in the first round. We'll see. Like he Mac could be one of those guys that go. Oh, no, yeah. Zach Wilson. Zach. Yeah. Yeah. But then Mac Jones could fall out of the first round, I think easily. Yeah, I mean, he could go anywhere from 10 to, like, 35. Like, that seems like a, a range for Mac Jones. Yeah, and, like, I don't get don't get these comments. Scre- I mean, yeah, get in these comments and do whatever you want. But, like, if you're screaming about a mock draft in February, man, like, I, I don't know what to tell you. There's a lot. Like, free agency hasn't happened yet. You know, oh. there is no combine this year. By the so, way, this is this is basically my Twitter feed. <laughs> this is oh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, no, no, nothing, Wilson. But the good thing is, like, our – our buddy Lance Erline, who's been doing this a lot longer at a lot higher level, um, and uh, whose dad coached for a long time in the NFL, he gets the same comments. So it makes me feel pretty. I feel fine about it. And I would imagine Dane Brugler, who's you know the OG, I imagine he gets similar comments as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When you're doing when you do draft, I mean, I, I mean, I get the same stuff from box drafts. That's why I like my stuff so outrageous that people are just like, I mean, like, they don't I, know what to do. I, I can't wait to fire these mock drafts and just start trading Deshaun Watson everywhere. Yeah, you had. uh I've traded Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, um, Philip Rivers, 
Last year you had the Titans, cousins of the 49ers. Last year you had football team picking two at number two. Yeah, were, I did that. That one, that one set people off. Um, both inside CBS and outside CBS. <laughs> uh, some, uh, somebody wants to ask really quickly in the chat, on the YouTube chat, Biner Johnson asks, thoughts on Kyle Trask. Is he a franchise guy? Does he have the potential to be one? So here's the thing with Kyle Trask. He's a lot, he's similar in a lot of ways to Mac Jones, but he's not as good an athlete and he doesn't have as good arm strength. You know, he, do you take him in the second round? Sure. And he had a fan, he had a great year in 2019, 2020, excuse me. He had a really good year in 2019. And the interesting thing about Kyle Trask is he came in for, for Felipe Franks, who got injured in 2019. And to watch him play, you wouldn't know that he hadn't played a lot of football because he, he had not played a lot of football up to that point. And he came in, he made a lot of good decisions with the ball. Um, he had playmakers to throw the ball to, but just about every quarterback in the SEC has that going for them. But I, I thought he had a really good season in 19. I was interested to see what he did in 2020. And he didn't disappoint. Just, just like the athleticism and the arm strength isn't there. Could a team take him in the first round? They could. I would be sort of surprised just because he's limited physically. But he's a really good, smart player. And he made a lot of money for Kyle Pitts and made a lot of money for Kadarius Tony and made a lot of money for Teron Grimes. And, and I, I think as a second round pick, like I've heard people compare- a lot of money for, uh, uh, Dan Mullen. <laughs> Dan Mullen. I've heard people sort of say, eh, he's sort of like Jake Fromm. He's nothing like Jake. Like he is way better than Jake Fromm. Um, I didn't love Jake Fromm and he fell to the fourth round. I don't think. Remember when I had Jake Fromm going first overall in my. Yeah. My... That was, to be fair, that was the day after the original mock draft. Day after the real mock draft that came out. So day was... after the real draft. Right. Yeah. The, the way draft. too early draft. Yeah. 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 Anyway. But I like Caltrask. I, I think he's good. Like, so I try to think about, okay, do I want him on the Steelers? And I like, I like him better than Mason Rudolph, but he is limited. <laughs> he's limited athletically like Mason Rudolph is. So those are the same issues you're going to face. Uh, all right. Any other quarterbacks that we need to be aware of in this draft class? Well, I mentioned Kyle Trask. I mean, Ian Book had a really good season and earned his way into the senior bowl roster, but he's probably a, a late day three. Like he's a seventh round undrafted free agent guy. Felipe Franks, I mentioned, went to Arkansas. And dude, Felipe Franks is, he look, he's basically the same build as Trevor Lawrence, but he is so insanely inaccurate and inconsistent that it just drives you crazy because you know he could, he has all the physical tools that you want. It, it just doesn't, he doesn't put it together. Um, who else is it off the top of my head that was there at the, at the, uh, at the senior bowl? I gotta look real quick. Like I'm. Um, all right. I'm told that my um, my son is here and he is angry. There's a new sword that he wants to show me and hit me with. So does he? Does he hate my mock draft? Is that what you're trying to say? He said he loves it. He says the best one he's read yet. Oh yeah. Um, and that's all the uh, that's the quarterback talk. We got tons of draft content coming your way. Of course, there's. Oh wait. One more name. Let me a couple names quickly. Sorry, I, I knew there's a couple guys. So oh. Jamie Newman, who transferred from Wake to Georgia and then opted out. I wish he had played at Georgia. I understand why he opted out. I get that. I'm not going to hold that against him. But um, he had a tough senior bowl. Uh, there's no other way to put it. So uh, great athlete. Did a lot of interesting things at Wake, but he ran that sort of slow mesh offense, which is weird. So you don't really know what you're getting him. He's inconsistent downfield. Kellen Mond had a really good year for Texas A&M. But, again, he's going to be a day three guy. And Sam Ellinger is the last guy I'll mention who um, is basically an accurate Tim Tebow. Like, he's really good. He can run the ball. Um he can throw the ball certainly better downfield than Tim Tebow could. But again, you call Sam Ellinger or Tim Tebow? Inaccurate Tim Tebow. Like an inaccurate Tim Tebow? Inaccurate. Oh, oh, I was like, oh my God, man. What? I no, I like, I like Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger's that thick? Yeah, he's pretty big. He's, he's, what's he listed? I thought it was like a husky Colt McCoy. He's listed at six, one and a half, two twenty-two. So he's pretty thick. Yeah, he's, he's good. I like his game, but he's, he's, these are all day three guys that have various things they need to, to prove. 
somebody who was it said that Jamie Newman was like a first round pick. I was like, what? No. I think after Wake Forest his season last year, coming into the summer, when we heard he's going to transfer to Georgia, like, oh, he has a chance to go there and and really show his wares and improve because there's some some things he needs to improve on. Um, and then he opted out, and then you know you're left with a ton of questions. All right, that's the quarterback chat. Ryan Wilson, the draft expert. I'm sure. I'm sure we won't talk about. Maybe there'll be less division. I think it'll be less heated than it was last year, just because Lawrence is such a slam dunk number one. Now, like Wilson and Fields and Mac Jones and and Trey Lance, all you know, moving around and jockeying for position, and uh, you know, the buzz you hear about these different guys and their their spots in, in the mock drafts and in act in the actual draft, I will obviously change. And the you know, trades could go crazy too, with the, depending on what the Jets want to do. If they like Zach Wilson, if they want to trade out, if they think Panay Sewell is a franchise tackle, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's all really interesting. Um, but I don't think there should, I don't think it'll be much. I think it'll be like Andrew Luck. I think it'll be like 2012. Where like there'll be a lot of oh. chatter about the other guys. There wasn't uh, a lot of chatter last year either. Like, you know, cause it was Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Tayshaun. The year before there was chatter cause we didn't know, we weren't sure about Kyler because they drafted, um, What's his name the year before? Uh, uh who? What? The Cardinals took the quarterback number 10. Kyler Murray. Josh, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen and then Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so there, yeah. But I, I'm just, I guess I'm saying that I don't think there'll be a lot of, a lot of like debate about the number one overall pick. Um, That's right. I agree. All right. Good show. Good stuff. We'll be back, uh, tomorrow to continue previewing the offseason. Football rolls on unabated despite the Super Bowl ending. Thanks as always for watching on the stream. Thanks for listening. Right. Thanks for hopping on, buddy. Peace. NTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.